welcome to Binge Watch with us. That's Pickles. I forgot the name of the show. (laughs) (laughs) And that's Lisa. And this week we watched Confessions with a Killer, the Ted Bundy tapes. (laughs) Yeah! (laughs) And we're off with a bang. (laughs) This is going to be a bizarre episode. Uh, I have a feeling. It's going to be weird, guys. Yeah. Uh, well, what do you think? Did you like it? Like what? The show that we <laughs> the show that we binge watched. <laughs> I I have no feelings one way or the other. I didn't hate it. Yeah. Um, I thought it was very thorough in a way. It it had a good timeline for the most part. I hated the kind of jumping back and forth. Like, okay, it's the eighties. Okay, it's the seventies. Like, I think they would have been better if they stuck directly to the timeline. Like. Ted's born. He goes to school. He makes yeah. his first kill. He escapes. He kills again. And that kind of stuff is set of, Ted went to law school. Ted's in jail. <laughs> right. Yeah, that was really confusing. Ted's mom's not his mom. He's been executed. I mean, it's definitely... I definitely want to get to Ted's mom's thing later on. Yeah. I liked it. Mm-hmm. It made me really angry. <laughs> I think it also had its problems. Okay. But I also feel like you and me watch a lot of true crime documentaries, and so we're probably putting it up against a lot of other very well done true crime. Yeah, like uh, Innocent Man. Shows, podcasts, Mm -hmm. yeah, all kinds of stuff, so... Mm -hmm. But before we jump into it, let's do the subscription stuff. Go subscribe to us on iTunes. Please. Follow us on Instagram. You guys, Lisa is killing it (laughs) on Instagram lately. She's doing such a bang-up job. I'm having a blast just watching you play on Instagram. (laughs) Yeah, I I had one and I was like, is this too mean? And I think I didn't post it, but I kind of wanted to. But I'm afraid sometimes it'll veer. I think if anybody has gotten through one episode of listening to me, they're okay with being mean. <laughs> Not yeah. a nice person. <laughs> yes, you are. You just said that. Oh, yeah. We also have a Gmail account. If you would like to write um, us a long form email, yes. I guess. Yes. <laughs> Don't want to respond in comments and stuff. Yeah. But also, you know, we, we're uh, posting stuff on the Instagram about what we're going to watch next, what you guys think we should watch next. We're trying to come up with a Valentine's Day themed mm-hmm. episode. We're kind of having trouble finding some really good binging content for you guys. So we would love to hear your ideas if there's something that you want us to watch with you. Let us know on Instagram. I got really angry because on Instagram, somehow I liked or subscribed or followed, whatever it's called, uh, Netflix UK. Oh, no. (laughs) Which does not have the same things we do. And it had Dirty John on there, which I've been dying to watch. We don't have that yet. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm so excited. I was good. I was like, but, but, but. And then I looked at it again. I was like, oh, UK. Yep. Damn it. Because, and the thing that should have caught me first thing was that Gianni Versace started there like February 1st or 2nd. Oh, yeah. Or we've something. had it for a few months. <laughs> yeah. For, so I was like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was so mad. Well, you earlier, you and I were discussing this show in uh, through text messages because, I mean, we don't talk to each other on the phone like <laughs> savages. No. <laughs> Unless we're at work. Yeah. Um, and that's just to kill time. Yeah. You you mentioned that you saw a lot of parallels between Ted Bundy and Andrew Cunan. And so, you guys, yes. if you have not watched American Crime Story, The Assassination of Gianni Versace, but you have finished the, t- uh, the Ted Bundy tapes, mm-hmm. go back, watch American Crime Story. If you liked this Netflix show, you'll mm-hmm. like that one, too. And then when you're finished watching mm-hmm. The Assassination of Gianni Versace, go listen to our last episode. We're just doing all the true crimes this month. We really are. It just happened to be that they stacked up uh yeah. like that which is why i think we really you and i really need a break this yeah. next episode <laughs> but we're not we need to watch some kind of romance yeah. or something uh 
yeah. to get us in the Valentine's Day mood and not make us like not want to murder our significant others. <laughs> <laughs> I hate men. I'm going to the other team. Oh my um, God, do I hate men right now? God, I love my husband, but I yeah. hate men right now. <laughs> yeah, and it doesn't I'm matter if they're kidding. gay or straight because right now yeah. I'm kind of mad at all of them. So guys, um, men simmer down. <laughs> swear to God. This is why there's not that many women serial killers. Yeah, we're the emotional ones. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so, yeah. let's talk about Ted Bundy. First, oh. actually, let's talk about the documentary specifically. Okay. You did mention that the timeline kind of jumps back and forth. I yeah. liked the visual that they used of kind of the, uh, what is that, like microfiche? Yes. Yes. Yeah, I did. I did like that. I don't know if a lot of people my age are aware of what. Uh, am I saying it right? Yeah, mm-hmm. microfiche is, mm-hmm. and I only know what it is is because um, I, you know, my mom worked for a law firm, so I kind of grew up in the hallways of a law firm, you know, playing in in uh, vacant offices and stuff while my mom was working, but. Mm-hmm. Microfiche is sort of cataloged old newspapers mm-hmm. that you had to run through these like giant machines. Yeah, yeah. They were sort of like projectors and they had like a fast forward and rewind yeah. button and so you would look through newspapers that way. Mm-hmm. They're very nostalgic for me because like I said, I, I grew up around, you know, I, lawyers and evidence rooms and stuff like that. Okay, so you know how you and I watch South Park, or we used to, and you mm-hmm. know how there's the underpants gnomes. Mm-hmm. Okay, so in my head, when we hit something in the Google, the underpants gnomes go to the microfiche. They go to the, the they're like, because I don't know if you've ever seen. And it sounds like that, too. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know if you've ever, my only reference to people using that machine is TV and movies and stuff, and they're like, Whip, 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 like going so fast. I'm like, how? How? No, what? that's not how. No. <laughs> Are you In smarter real life, than it me? takes forever to find I'm what you're just looking for. One page of a paper takes like uh-huh. 10 minutes. <laughs> I mean, you can skim, you know, you're looking yeah. for your headlines. but Yeah, but still. Yeah. Because it always looks like it's really big, too. Oh, so it's, it's huge. Like... They're huge machines. Yeah. Oh, well, no, and... the machines are, but like the, the paper itself. Yeah. Instead they, of yeah, being it paper is. size, it's like poster size yeah it is because you see them like which you know whatever yeah so speaking of antiquated technology i think that that's one of the things that the documentary did not do well i feel like this documentary probably reached the eyes of a lot of new true crime yes um fanatics yeah I, I'm just assuming. I feel like a part of the viewers who who watched the Ted Bundy tapes mm-hmm. are probably newer to the true car- crime documentary genre. Oh, definitely. I and think so. But so. I think that one of the things that the documentary did not do well is explain that, you know, look, back in the 70s, you could jump from state to state. Yeah. And there was no way to find you. No. Where now we've got cameras at tolls mm-hmm. and, um, you know, mm-hmm. uh, stuff like that that makes it easier to run you down, even mm-hmm. if you're in a different state. One of the things they didn't explain well is how easy it was for this man to just slip on through. Well, and also, I mean, jumping back to Andrew Cunanan, I mean, Ted Bundy was late 70s, early 80s. Andrew Cunanan was 19... 97, 97 you know that time frame 96 97 and the only way they could find them with lee minglings i think's his name uh car was because it had a phone in it because yeah. it was one of those cars that actually had a car phone and the funny thing when I, I finished reading the book finally and they said that of course they had the problem with the press leaking stuff so Andrew must have gotten word that they were tracking that car. And so he ripped off the antenna and ripped out the phone. But what he didn't realize was that there's a, for lack of a better term, like a black box that's actually in the car to make the, the phone work. I don't really know, but th- yeah, they can black, still track like in a plane. That. Yeah. Yeah. So if he didn't rip out everything, he just ripped out what he saw. So they were still able to track him, but still he moved state to state fairly easy. You Which know. is crazy to me because I never travel 
Yeah. Even for fun. So yeah. to think that like, hey, yeah. I'm on a murder spree and I'm going to travel. I'm yeah. like, those are like probably the two most stressful things you could do. <laughs> Be on a murder spree and go across state lines. No thanks. So in Pickle's head, it's the traveling and then the murder spree. Yeah. <laughs> traveling is harder. <laughs> she can murder somebody easier than she can to plan a trip. Oh, my God. Like, and then go to Ohio? No, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) She's, like, somewhere in the middle. I don't know how. I don't know what happened. One Uh, other thing that I'm going to bash the documentary on, and mm -hmm. I'm telling you guys, I am such a negative Nancy lately, and I don't – I'm not (laughs) trying to be. I don't want to be, but I did have problems with it. The gruesomeness of his murders – and the bodies and the victims mm-hmm. should have been handled better. If, if you're going to tell a story of such an evil man, you mm-hmm. cannot leave out the most evil things he's done. Yeah. I felt it was very PG-13. Yeah, when it absolutely. should have been. And there's nothing about Bundy that's PG-13. And, and, and yeah, I kind of felt the same way, too, because I'm like, you really glossed over it. And... Mm-hmm. It, yeah, it's very outdated. I was about to say, back in the day, that's probably how a documentary may have gone. But in this day and age, I think they should have paid more attention to the victims, listing the victims out. What happened? Like, she was last seen. What happened? This, you know, we don't know. We find her body and kind of show the crime scene photos or, you yeah, know, well, really talk about it. I mean, some, I feel like they did some and some they didn't. And Yeah, they skipped over the necrophilia. Yes. They, they, they kind of just yada, 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 the, the necrophilia. And yeah. they did mention in the documentary that he confessed to it towards the end. And they said, oh, well, that's something that we didn't really know about before. Mm-hmm. Do you think he made that up? Yeah, I think he made up everything he's ever said. You think he made up the necrophilia? Um, no, I don't think he did that. But they said he started confessing the stuff left, right, and center towards the end. And whether he did it or not, it could have just been something he heard about. So I think about 80% of what he said towards the end is probably all bullshit. Because he Hmm. was hoping that if he said, well, I did this crime and this crime and y'all still haven't found the body, that they would be like, oh, well, let's stay off the execution again so you can tell us where to find these bodies. Yeah. And also, I don't know if they mentioned this in the documentary but the reason why he did what he did because he became a you know born again christian kind of thing he found god towards the end and he said it was all the pornography that made him want to kill women so stop it yeah (laughs) (laughs) i i I definitely felt like they glossed over a lot of stuff and like you and i said if it's um if you're a person new to true crime documentaries and you're new to the world i guess and if maybe if you're a teenager like 13 um perfect documentary for you to watch Uh, no you're (laughs) absolutely right you're right yeah my true crime started with uh charles manson sorry forgot his name um and i know a lot of people are like boo charles manson but i just don't get the fascination well and he to, to to my people my generation he was really the first serial killer I ever heard about. Yeah. He, and when I started reading his books, was probably around, not his books. He didn't write books anything. Books about him. Yeah, <laughs> Helter Skelter. When I read Helter yeah. Skelter, was probably around the time Bundy was in jail. He'd already finished all the sentencing. So I'm going to say like I was maybe 12. Yeah. So that would have been, you know, early 80s. Yeah. You know, Manson was convicted and all that. I think that was like in the he did the crimes in 69. I think it was like 72 or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you're, you know, that's... This was the golden age of serial killers. It is. I don't yeah. remember hearing about Gacy at all. You know, I, I, I think I remember when they were executing him, but I don't think I knew anything really about him. I never heard of Ed Gein until probably 10 years ago. Yeah, you know, that's so crazy that mm-hmm. Ed Gein got away for so long without being you know, one of these these serial killer superstars. Yeah, or the heavy hitters, as they call them on last podcast. (laughs) I don't know. I think that my interest in true crime started recently. Mm -hmm. I feel like even at the beginning of our friendship, um, Mm -hmm. I probably wasn't very into it. Mm -mm. I think that I was more into, like, horror Mm -hmm. movies and, um, and slasher movies and stuff like that. And then... yeah. 
and then I had some life events that made me kind of back off of those. Yes, you did. Um, it's funny the way that death impacts you. And one of the yeah. things that happened to me was that after I experienced the death of a very close person to me, I could not watch anything scary Mm-mm, anymore for some reason. I couldn't watch, Mm-mm. I couldn't watch like The Walking Dead, like anything like that. I just, I had to, it was weird. I had to back away from horror movies and mm-hmm. scary movies, stuff that I had really liked before. Mm-hmm. But that's when I started to realize like, okay, Texas Chainsaw Massacre is based on a real person. Yes. American Psycho, which is like one of my favorite movies. Mm-hmm. Um as as a teen was based you know sort of based on ed gein they're all based on ed gein i mean everybody (laughs) yeah everybody's based on ed gein Um, he's the grandfather like if he was if you were doing a chart oh absolutely you start with ed gein and you move down even though there were serial killers before Ed before that i know but when it (gasps) it comes to homegrown american serial killer well he's he's your guy well actually i think h.h holmes might be i know but but h.h holmes again that happens in an era where it was I and Jack the we Ripper, were, but yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. But we weren't in our golden age of slasher movies. No, 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 no. Um, you know, no where we'll, Gein happened closer to when we would have been in yeah. our golden era of movies, yeah. And and then, like you said, there's the golden age of serial killers, which is when mm-hmm. everybody was doing it. Some of Sam and um, Do you think Ted that Bundy and all of them. I have a sneaking paranoia that we're in another golden age of serial killers right now it seems to be ramping up and i, I yeah i mean we could be I think, going I think into in another 10, age of 20 it. years we're gonna look back at mm-hmm. the 2010s and be like oh my god they were everywhere and we just didn't even we didn't mm-hmm. know it because you know maybe now they've learned the new technologies mm-hmm. and um you know they're being more careful with dna disposing yeah. of evidence and bodies and stuff like that i feel like in 10 or 20 years we're gonna be like they're everywhere well, I mean, y'all just had the guy in Louisiana who killed uh-huh. his mother and father and girlfriend. He killed like five people. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Guess what? He's a serial killer. Yeah. Because spree I think, killer. Yeah, spree killer. Yeah, because I think you have to kill like three people to be considered a serial killer. So my problem is, is that to be considered a serial killer, I want you to to kill three people in the same fashion. <laughs> I want there to be tougher qualifications and regulations. I'm such a Democrat. I want more regulations on serial killers. Yeah. So you don't want, like, the mass shootings or the spree killers. No. Even though they've killed, like him, he's killed more than three people. So technically, he's a serial killer. No, fuck that punk. But. Be creative about it. Come on. So I'm Googling, you know. That's what we do here. I want to see your Pinterest board. Okay, so that's the new era of serial killers. If you have a Pinterest board to inspire your murders, you are a serial killer. And everybody now is on Pinterest going, do they have such a thing? Oh, my God. Could you imagine oh presenting that in court? Oh, God. It would be great. Yes. Um, so I'm on Wikipedia, which has facts galore, as we all know, and they're all true. Really? Wikipedia? <laughs> Wikipedia, you say? <laughs> And it says a serial killer is typically a person who murders three or more people, mm-hmm. usually in the service of abnormal psychological gratification. What is normal psychological gratification abnormal. of a murder? What is no- But I want to know what normal is. <laughs> With the murders taking place over more than a month and including a significant period of time in between them. Okay, got it. So that makes right. sense. I always thought it was like if a you werewolf. Kill, yeah. <laughs> I always thought you killed three people, you're a serial killer, but apparently okay, no. that's not it. Awesome. You okay. have to be in it for the long haul. Got it. Um, you know, you can't just come up and shoot five people and then become a serial killer. Um, yeah. And that's according to Wikipedia, obviously true. Yeah, the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> Wikipedia is our truth these days. <laughs> All right, wow. well, let's get into Ted. Let's get into Ted. Hmm. Let's talk about good old Ted with his unibrow. First of all, if you <laughs> think Ted is hot, <laughs> ladies, raise the bar for yourself. You deserve better. Well, you deserve better. I think, having lived through the time, that he was good looking for that time 
period. <laughs> yeah, because the 70s. I mean, come There on. wasn't a whole lot of sexiness now, going I on. I love me some Burt Reynolds. I love uh, Burt Reynolds. But, yeah. you know, he was like a sex symbol. And I'm like, yeah. Mm. No. Mm. No. I, I, I definitely do not see it at all. So, for the time period, I think Ted Bundy was, uh, you know, good looking. Yeah. I don't find him good looking at all. And it's no. probably because he's so arrogant and full of himself. I want to slap the shit out of him. <laughs> Lisa, if we do one more podcast about a narcissist, I'm going to spiral into some kind of like emotional, I just can't take the narcissists anymore. Yeah, I know. Because we did you, and then we did Johnny, and then we did And now Ted we're doing Ted. Um, next week, we're doing the Care Bear movies. Oh, uh, my God. And Finding Nemo, which we watched last night. Anyway. We're going to watch Harry Potter <laughs> yes. for six hours straight. Oh, my God. Six days straight. Yeah. We can do it on Harry Potter. My oh brain my needs a break from these men who think they're so smart. Oh, my God. And Harry Potter knows he's not smart. He's so no, he was telling you he didn't get he didn't get good grades at all. I mean, he's like, he's like Archie. They never go to school. I know. They never go to school. Riverdale has been great. This th- these last few episodes, by the way. No, just letting everybody know. Season three, no. uh, part B. We're, I'm loving it. We're not doing Lisa it. hates it. I love it. Well, I hate. You know, it. we really should. We should start posting our um, text conversations <laughs> and the stories on Instagram about Riverdale. Yeah. When I was watching the last episode, um, I think it was Thursday. I kept saying, "This show is generally." awful. I really do not like this show anymore. And my boyfriend kept saying, you said amazing wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Which is from one of our text conversations. And I'm like, no, it's really bad. And so he came over at one point and he's like, FP's a sheriff? What? Yes! Spoilers, guy. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Yeah. I'm like, yeah! Um... So, yeah, uh, I was like, this shows you how crazy the show is. And I just got mad with some of the things, how the writers went after we came back from the long break and how they're doing yeah. this. This is a crucial piece of evidence next yeah. day. And it's barely mentioned again. I and know. I'm like, that's another episode. Yeah. Go follow us on Instagram. Binge watch with us all one word <laughs> to see those conversations. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Ted. Ted, um, we love him. I had to go back and rewatch the first two episodes of the documentary because I don't think... (laughs) Why? All right, let me just tell you. All right, let me get this point out and then I'll tell you. Okay. I don't think that the documentary mentioned the switch up between the mom and the sister. I really don't think they mentioned that. No, I take that back. No, they did. They said that, and I can't remember which ep- which episode it was, but they said that Ted found out that his mom, what what his mom they said was his grandma or his mom was his, his mom was his grandma. His sister was his mom. Yes, he found out. They asked him about it, and he, you know, on the confession tapes, and he was basically like, "Yeah, I found out, but I don't think it was a big deal." Bullshit. That yeah. is that is life-changing information. Yeah. So they did talk about it, but I, I don't remember which episode it was. And it was very brief. It was like, Ted found out his mom wasn't his mom. Next day, uh, you know, it's no. Riverdale. It's totally Riverdale. Because I do remember him saying a couple times, there's nothing in my past that mm-hmm. would make me into a murderer. There's mm-hmm. nothing that, that, oh, my dad beat me and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Mm-hmm. He's such a liar. Well, I've been thinking about this a lot, and we talked about it briefly. We need to talk about the difference between Andrew Cunanan and, and Ted Bundy. Yeah. And what okay. I really want to focus on is, are either of them or both born a serial killer? Or did their environments make them a serial killer? Like, um, was somebody actually born... Were they both born evil? Were they both born normal and something happened? Who do you think was born as a serial killer? Ted Bundy. I don't you even think have... Ted Bundy was born? You yep. don't think his environment Mm-mm. formed it? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. The mom being not the mom triggered him to indulge in his, 
whims, his, his, his desires. It's, it's so easy to see that this is where his hatred for women mm-hmm. comes from. Mm-hmm. He doesn't trust them. Mm-mm. He feels lied to. Mm-hmm. The, his, like I said, you know, in, in the last episode with Andrew Cunanan, your parents are gods. Mm-hmm. And so when you find out at such a young age that God is not who you think God is, mm-hmm. that is foundation shaking. Mm-hmm. And it is so clearly mm-hmm. reflected in his hatred of women. Yeah. The fact that he can't see that is just, uh, he's lying. Yeah. He knows that's what it is. Mm-hmm. But again, I think he was born that way. I, I seriously think he came out as Satan. You know what I'm saying? I think, I think Kemper was born yes. as, a, as a serial killer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, you're right. His mom, Kemper's mom did some pretty gnarly stuff to mm-hmm. him too. But I think Kemper's mom also knew there's something wrong with mm-hmm. this human. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's why, yeah, I definitely agree. They were both. And the reason why I say that um, is because, you know, I finally finished listening to that um, Andrew Cunanan book, The Vulgar Favors. That was in my notes to ask you about if yeah. you finished it. I mean, it, to be to be fair, guys, it's it was like eighteen hours. <laughs> oh so my gosh. it's a long listen, and it's you know it, it it's not easy sometimes, and because I really wanted to listen to it and not just have it on, it was harder for me. I couldn't really stream it or listen to it at work a lot if yeah. I got involved in something because I needed to focus on it. So with Andrew Cunanan, I think he was born fine. Like, he may have had mental issues, but he was born okay. But then, you go, you know, his the way his parents treated him, they both had mental problems. It wasn't addressed. It wasn't taken care of. And then they lie so I can lie. And I think his just kind of manifested. Uh, he learned, it was a learned behavior. It was a learned behavior. And then he snapped because... He wasn't fixing, he wasn't doing anything about his mental health, and he started doing hardcore drugs. He was doing cocaine and heroin. Oh, yeah. Oh, you're right. Yeah, you know what? We didn't talk about that in mm-hmm. the last episode. Yeah, the heroin addiction, mm-hmm. yeah, it did definitely ramp things up a lot. And that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't think he came out that way. I think it's just he came out with mental issues from birth. And instead of having a nurturing parents or somebody who is like, you've got some issues, let's work through it and whatever. They're just like, lying's okay and stealing's okay and whatever. Uh, Beating your wife's okay. So, And some people are better than others because they talk about how him and his sister, who were the two youngest, were treated better than the older children. Right, yeah. Uh So. Some people deserve more than other people deserve. Yeah. And then in you, mm -hmm. that character, Joe, is explicitly told some people don't deserve to live and other people do. Yeah. Yeah. So that was probably a learned behavior, too. Mm -hmm. But Ted, you don't. Ted, you feel like Ted was born bad. I think he was born bad. He kept it at bay. But the, the, the mom's not my mom thing, I think, is what was the catalyst to serial killing like i think he probably if it, if that hadn't happened i think he probably would have been like a rapist um oh, for really sure, violent yeah. kidnapping and rape but not necessarily murder which is one of the things that he says in the tape you know when, when he finally gets to that point where he's talking in third person he explains like <laughs> the the murder becomes a part of the fantasy mm-hmm. where instead of like oh i've kidnapped and raped this person mm-hmm. now i need to get rid of the evidence mm-hmm. It then forms into, now it's part of the kidnap and the rape and the, and the enjoyment of that, yeah. And when you look at, like, the killings, like, Andrew killed, I think it was four people, and two were very violent. The Lee Meng- Mengling, I think's his name, uh-huh. and then the one he the bashed in. guy. Yeah. Yeah. Those were very violent. I don't know why he killed Lee. They, ne- I mean, I've never, in the book, they never really said anything why. I think he needed money. Um, yeah. And he was maybe going to rob him, but he's, he still killed him pretty brutally. He didn't just shoot yeah. him. The military guy that he beat to death with a hammer, Ugh. which was a gruesome scene to hear. You thought it was bad on the show? In the book, it's horrific. Ugh. He felt like he betrayed him. So you can kind of see where that rage came from. But the other two people, Gianni... God, I forgot the kid's name, but um, he played the Antichrist. In yeah, in American Horror <laughs> Story. In American yeah, Horror guy. Story, he just shot them. 
Yeah, yeah. So you can kind of see where his stuff added and flowed. There's a where, where Bundy had such a clear profile. I mean, I don't think he shot anybody. I mean, I think ev- everybody was brutally killed. I had a really hard time watching this documentary as a small woman mm-hmm. with straight brown hair <laughs> parted down the center. <laughs> okay, that was everybody in the 70s, too. It was... So infuriating. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's why I, I I didn't enjoy this documentary because the the only thing that I got out of it was rage, and the mm-hmm. rage was like obviously it could have been me, mm-hmm. you know, had I been in that era in that time, mm-hmm. uh, in in those places, those dozens uh, or half a dozen mm-hmm. spots that he chose. But also one of the things that this documentary does really well is make clear how he was running this show mm-hmm. because he was a good-looking white male. Mm-hmm. There's been a lot of backlash online where it's like, you know, what is the point of this? Mm-hmm. And you're just mm-hmm. making him a rock star. And, you know, he's now some mm-hmm. kind of like, you're just glorifying the things that he did. And it's like, no, you don't understand. Mm-hmm. He was glorified mm-hmm. for the things that he did. Mm-hmm. And we need to look at that Mm -hmm. and we need to understand it so that we can apply it to the things that are happening today. Mm -hmm. That good looking men can get away with really horrible things Mm -hmm. and we'll give them a pat on the back and a smile for it. Mm -hmm. It's something that we have to be aware of. Mm -hmm. These women were walking around Mm -hmm. terrified of some mysterious killer. Mm And he kept on killing because they weren't afraid of a good-looking white man. And I think with him, it's because he was so clean-cut, because he was white, and because he was, quote-unquote, one of us. He probably went to him, you know, with the broken arm. So they're like, he can't attack me or do anything. He's got this broken arm. So I'm definitely okay going to help him put whatever it was into his VW bug, as opposed to if he was a... Even if he was a white male, but he was dirty. He had both hands, uh, you know, that were able and willing to kill you. And he just didn't look right. I don't think he would have been successful. He would have had to taken them, those women by force. Had he looked like Ed Gein, he yeah. wouldn't have gotten away Oh, with God, this. no. But, you, you know, know. Um, Kemper, too, and Bundy both remind me a lot of the same because of the way they killed and, and different things. But because they were, from what I've ever seen and read, they were both, they both are very calm. Like Ted Bundy yeah. could have been in court being like, I didn't do it. And screaming and, you know, lunging for the cops and being like a crazy, crazy yeah. person like Manson was. Or he could just sit there and kind of, uh, you know, all shucks and doing his, his lawyer's speak. And I think that... Kemper all shucks his way through life. Yeah. And he I, all shucks his way through all mm-hmm. of his murders. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the difference, too. Yeah. Because, like I said, Manson, you know, uh, yeah, lunged for people. Yeah, and held up newspapers, and they already... Nixon said, I'm guilty, so I obviously am. And he just disrupted the courtroom where these two guys didn't. Yeah. I mean, except for when he escaped from jail all the oh, time. Oh, let's... So, that's... A, so at, at some point, the documentary becomes more about look at what he got away with. Yeah. Where you and I are probably more inclined to want to see, look at all the damage he did. Yeah. You know? So, but but what he got away with was so unreal. The yeah. fact that they let this man into a room alone, unshackled, without handcuffs on. And windows and all that it's stuff. It's the least you could have done is put sh- put put handcuffs on him. How hard would it have been for you to just stand That's inside what I'm the saying. room? I mean, and you know, everything you see today, and I'm assuming this is called the Ted Bundy rule, is if they want to look at a yeah. library and stuff, you know, it's like in a dungeon. Like it's basement uh, and it's concrete walls and all that stuff because... Yeah, again, he was so calm. He was so mild. Yeah, let him go up into the, you know, the, this nice library and research what he needs to for his trial. And let's open up the windows. And we're going to stand outside because, <laughs> I mean, he's not going. We're on the second floor. It's fine. <laughs> there was a scene where 
he was complaining to the judge about his his cell and how dark it was and how hard it was to mm-hmm. research and blah blah blah. And so the judge takes a fucking field trip down to the cell to see how bad the living conditions mm-hmm. really were. Do you think that that would happen today? Mm-mm. No. Today, do you think a judge would be like, I'm so sorry for you, goodbye? I think, well, I think it depends. I think if, regardless, if it, okay, so Ted Bundy, it's 2019. Yeah, okay. It's okay. Ted Bundy. It's a good looking. Good looking guy. Not really guys, but yeah, okay. But, you know, yeah. uh, a, a nice looking, clean cut white male. And what Ted was complaining about was being in jail. But if Ted would have been... He was complaining yeah. about being in jail. Yeah. He was on trial for murder and complaining yeah. about being about jail. in jail. I mean, that's all That's all I heard was, oh, I'm confined and I don't get my outdoors time and I have to eat this icky food. Boo-hoo! I'm like, You're in jail. You're in jail, dude. Um, but I think in today's standards, yes, I think they would have been like, who gives a shit? You're in jail. However, if he would have gone to the judge and been like, I don't know. There's there's mold in there. Uh, the the cops are beating me up. The toilet's overflowing. Like that kind of stuff. I think yeah. a judge might have been like, "Well, let me look at it. Let's let's yeah. go and investigate it." But not not the light is dim. Yeah, the light is dim, and I don't get my outsidey time, um, <laughs> and I only get sippy cups. Um, uh. And and here's the interesting thing too, which makes me go back to Andrew Cunanan a lot. And this is why I think Ted was born a serial killer because he he escapes, um, he almost freezes to death, he gets caught again, he escapes a second time, and he goes right back to killing. I think Andrew Cunanan, had he had gotten caught and maybe escaped, I don't know if he'd gone back on a killing spree. I don't know se. that Cunanan would have escaped. I think Cunanan oh, no. would have been happy oh, with yeah. all of the press that that. Oh, yeah. Bundy he would have loved it. He, he would have loved, loved it. it, yeah. Bundy loved it, too. And I oh, think yeah. that that first escape was only more, look at me, look at me. Mm-hmm. But I was... <laughs> the second escape was not a look at me, look at me. The second escape was a desperate... I'm running. I'm out yeah. of here. And what I love about the first escape, so that was... Um, that was in Colorado. It was in Colorado. Um, he escapes from Aspen... Uh, June 6, Aspen. 1977. But he escapes for 10 days. And I don't know if you remember this in a documentary, but basically he came back because he was cold and hungry. Uh-huh. Uh, duh. <laughs> he left <laughs> in Aspen. I mean, I know it's June, but I bet To be fair, he cold. said it was a pretty day when he left. Well, I mean, yeah, it was nice. I had my hoodie. I'm fine. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, you have... He had no- a hoodie. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And he had no way of getting food. He had no shelter. How long did he think he was going to get by? That's why I don't think it was a goodbye. I yeah, think it was a look so at either. me, look at me. Yeah. And he didn't leave the area. Like, I would have been totally more believable if he laid low for like a day or two and then hitchhiked. Well, he headed up. He went up into the hills. Yeah, but so, he didn't really get uh, out. You know what I'm saying? Like, leave the state, go to somebody, throw him out of the car, and yeah. or go to an unlocked car, which happened all the time, and leave. Like, yeah. I don't understand this. I'm going to the woods for a few days. And it's like, oh, I'm hungry. I have to go back. <laughs> I don't get they my outdoorsy time. They said he lost times. 25 pounds. <laughs> Which is crazy. In 10 days. Yeah. Holy shit. Um, I want the 10 he must, not, he must not have eaten anything the, the whole time he was gone. But Probably not much of anything. But the second jailbreak was how they... Can you, can you believe they let this happen again? Again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Again. Like, so he escapes the first time. Let me reiterate. June 6, 1977. Okay. Okay. He's a capture 10 days later. The second escape, December 31st, when? 1977. The same year? Yes. 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 Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. So January 7th, 1978, only a hair... You know, what, 10 days later, he arrives in Tallahassee by bus, and he rents rooms and poses at a student. His first kill from his second escape, keep all that in your mind, is January 15th, 1978. So from the time he escapes to the time he does his first murder is 16 days. 
Wow. 16 days. Wow. So it takes him like eight days to get to Florida from Colorado. And as soon as he gets in and kind of gets settled, he starts killing again. Wow. So he kills uh, Margaret Bowman, it looks like, and Lisa Levy um, in the sorority house in Tallahassee, January 15th, 1978. February 9th, 1978. Kimberly Leach is reporting missing from her junior high school. That was like the twelve-year-old. Oh, you know, and yeah. that's that's so out of character for him. Do you think he was just completely desperate at that time? Yeah, yeah. I, he wanted to kill, and, and and that's where I kind of go back and forth. Did he want to kill, or does he want to kill because he wants to have the sex with the dead corpses? I don't know which, but I think at this point he's just running, not running scared, but he's just like he's berserker he's, mode. Yeah, he is, because he, he had to be nice and not kill anybody for, you know, <laughs> you know six months or however long he was in jail for. So, <laughs> it's just, you know, you have some time to make up for. Yeah. If it's something you like to do and you can't do it for a year, then you're, you're um, it's a lot of build going up. crazy. But here's my thing, and I've always said this, if you're a serial killer... Um, before you decide to act on anything, you might want to review the laws. Um, and if your state still has, uh, put to death punishment. Yeah. Because you come to Florida, you commit crime like that, you're going to be killed. Yeah. And so they asked him in the tapes, why did you go to Florida? And he said, oh, well, it was winter and I just wanted to be warm. Yeah. They still have capital punishment. Yeah. They still have Sparky. They still kill people. Go probably. Um, I don't know if he could have gone somewhere else warm. Uh, not in the south, probably, because I'm just assuming all of us have the death on the table. You know, <laughs> it's like <laughs> yeah, you're gonna get caught and you're gonna die. Yeah, there's there's no two ways around it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> could you imagine how differently this all would have gone if we had had DNA testing? Oh yeah, back in the seventies. Yeah. There, there would have been none of this production, none of yeah. the circus that went on mm-hmm. during well, the court proceedings. You mean the court proceedings as far as the judge and Bundy are concerned or all the media and stuff surrounding no, the cases? No, the media would have been absolutely insane. Oh, no, yeah. I think yeah. I think th- this love affair between the judge and Bundy. The, one, the guy in Florida, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the other problem with this whole thing, too, is that because he was defending himself, it went kind of in that circus O.J. Simpson kind of uh, shenanigans and and shouldn't have. Like, when he is sentenced to death uh, for Kimberly Leach's murder, which is like the 12-year-old that was killed in Lake City, Florida in 1980, which is sad and uh, whatever, but not to him because he proposes marriage to uh, uh, Carol Boone, I think's her name. Yeah, Carol and Boone. They ha- and, she, and they have kids. They're not supposed to have conjugal rights when you're on death row. Did we ever do a paternity test on that? Could Carol just be a hoe? She could be. I'm going to go with Carol's a hoe. Your husband's in prison. Yeah, she's a hoe. What, what, is he, and on death row. So yeah. it's not only he's in prison. He's on death row. For the murders in Jacksonville alone, I thought this was important to bring up, in 79... He is sentenced to 96 years. Uh, I'm sorry, a death sentence plus 196 years for the murders of the two sorority girls in Tallahassee. Good. So you have death and 196 years. Good. You ain't getting out. He gets death also for Kimberly Leach. Leach? Letch? Leach? I think it's Leach. Mm, I think it's Leach. For that too. And I I think the jury probably sensed that he would kill again. And there's no reason for him to get out. And I think that's why they made it so, so extreme. So is there anything else we wanted? Because I had a few things I wanted to talk about towards the end of good old Teddy's life. No, I'm done talking about him. I'm done thinking about him. (laughs) I don't want to watch another documentary about him. Mm -mm. Uh -uh. I'm over it. I'm ready to move on to something happy. Care Bear movies. We're doing it next week. Let's go. As I've mentioned on the show like a thousand times, I'm originally from Florida. Yeah. I remember Ted Bundy. I remember the trial barely. 
because at that time I would have been around nine or ten. So I, I remember hearing that he got caught and that he had killed a bunch of women. That's something that I actually knew. And because I was in Florida, I remember those girls being killed. Um, barely. And probably the reason why I know it is because, I don't know if you remember, I think it was in the early 90s where there was a killer going on in, I think it was Gainesville this time. Yeah. And they were killing a bunch of sorority girls. And that was so frightening to me because I was about their same age. And it was frightening. And because they kept bringing out, well, Ted Bundy did this. Ted Bundy did the same thing, but in Tallahassee. So I think maybe that's where I know it from more than my memory. But at this point, who knows? Right. But I do know that when he was executed, uh, January 24th, 1989, I was a senior in high school. And they kind of show it a little bit on the documentary about how all the people are outside and they're screaming, Bird, Ted, Burn, and all this stuff. What a that- shit show. Florida did it the absolute worst job they ever could have done on this shit. I mean, those, oh, a bunch of good old boys, a um, bunch of college people, so they were like all gung-ho for this. I don't think there was, I don't remember anybody standing outside going, we must show compassion for this man. I mean, everybody outside was like, burn him, kill him, hurry up, no, let's there was, go. There was nobody there saying, let's show compassion, but there shouldn't have been anybody there to begin with. Get a hold of yourselves. Yeah, I mean, but they just went crazy. I remember all the radio stations talking about it, and they're like, it's happening anytime. Like, it was legit like a big circus news story in Ugh. Florida, especially. It was, it was crazy. Terrible. Yeah, yeah. So, um, that's it. We're done with Ted Bundy. Goodbye. <laughs> We're so excited. <laughs> Before we Sorry. get into Obsession Session, which is when me and Lisa talk about the things that we were obsessed about this week, whether it's like a new recipe or a TV show or mm-hmm. a book that we're reading, I want to say this did lead me down into a deep, dark hole, and I'm... I'm ready to get out of it. January for us has been pretty dark viewing. So (laughs) (laughs) let's keep it light in February. Um, So part of my obsession session this week is that um, the deep dark hole that I fell down after watching the Ted Bundy tapes. Uh, Here's what's been on my Netflix viewing lately. Hannibal Lecter. (laughs) A documentary called uh, The Alt-Right. There you go. Pan's Labyrinth. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nice, wholesome family movies. Yeah. <laughs> and I've been listening to last podcast on the left's um, Joseph Mengele series. It's been rough. That second rough. episode is rough. Oh, boy. That second rough. episode is rough. Um, uh, it's the first time I think a podcast has made me cry. I, I got very close to tears. It's um, very upsetting. It's very upsetting. I'm like you with the uh, Joseph Mengele thing. I started, um, I haven't started it, started it, but kind of started it, a book on Auschwitz. Ugh. Yeah. What are we doing? I find it fascinating. Um, and this is my weird thing. It's fascinating when you're on light mode. When you get into yeah. Marcus Sparks <laughs> episode, uh, a territory. Uh, yeah. But, but here's my thing. I am not really obsessed. I'm fascinated by people who follow people blindly. That goes to churches, organized religion. That goes to cults especially, which is kind of the same thing. And like Hitler. Yeah. You, you knew, you know killing people's wrong. You know that right. picking up people because they're Jewish is not right. But one of the things that the last podcast on the last left episodes do illustrate well is that Auschwitz was in the middle of nowhere. And you know, and that's another thing that cults do really well, that isolation and separation mm-hmm. is what keeps it all okay. Mm-hmm. Once you once you're not isolated, once you're not separated from the the rest of the world, it's very easy to see how the things that are going on are not okay. So the actual physical location of Auschwitz was important mm-hmm. to how mm-hmm. these things happened. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but yeah. I'm so that's, really depressed. That's I know, right? So let's do obsession session. What's yours? 
<laughs> I think that was. I think my obsession session was this like Let's... deep dark hole that I fell down this week. It's uh, awful. Uh, yeah. We need to. I know we had something else planned to watch this week, but I think maybe we need to do something else <laughs> that's not so dark and deep yeah. for next week. Yeah. But we don't know what it is. Well, I had an obsession session okay, <laughs> for most of the week, but it just got blown out of the water. Um, so my new obsession session is that we just booked a trip to Australia Hooray! in May. <laughs> yeah. Which is one of the places I always wanted to go. And we found a really cheap flight. And I can't believe we're going. Um, it's I'm so crazy. Just, uh, yeah, because we literally talked about it for less than 24 hours before we had the tickets booked. So... <laughs> Uh, we're like, we're going to Australia. Okay. Cool. <laughs> yeah. So that's my session session. So I'm going to be talking about Australia from now until the My Favorite Murder Show. And then I'll talk about that for a couple of weeks. Yeah. And then I'll talk about Australia again. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> I yeah, can't, I'm very excited. I can't even fathom. <laughs> like my poor little brain just doesn't understand all the things that you need to do to do something like that. And I just, mm-hmm. I just give up. But, yeah, you had a hard time going to California from New Orleans. That's not a long trip. Nope. Hated it. It was awful. Uh, California was cool. Getting to California sucked. Yeah. So, um, yeah. yeah, Unfortunately, I don't think you'll ever make this trip, and that makes me sad. I know. Because I I would like to go someday. Just because the girl that I'm obsessed with on YouTube is always there. So. Yeah. So. (laughs) Okay. So, is that all we have this week? Yeah, that, I think that's all. I think that's all. That's all we this got. Week. <laughs> <laughs> We're done for the week. That's Sorry all I can for say. bumming you out. Yeah, I know. I was about to say. <laughs> it's not like we had a big uplifting conversation. Nope. But, and very much ended on a Debbie Downer, but, you know. Australia's cool. Well, Australia's cool. So up until Australia, everything was... So it went introduction, depression, 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 Australia. (laughs) No, you forgot the soapbox session. Yes. Then Australia. Uh, Yeah. All right. Well, join us next week. We're going to watch something light, something happy, something to get us out of this deep, dark uh, (laughs) hole that we've been down. And then we'll probably get back to more depressing stuff again. Yeah. And we'll post it on Instagram once we decide what we're actually watching. So you can have watched it. (laughs) I posted a poll on our Instagram stories to see if you guys would want to see us watch a Valentine Day-esque romantic something or another and cover that on an episode and the poll was 100% yes. <laughs> Why do people hate us? No, they want to hear us talk about something happy. Okay, good. I don't know if I know how to do that. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> Go follow us on Instagram. Find out what we're watching next week and we'll see you then. Bye. Bye. Bye.